Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon's private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon, FBA, private level, and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your host, founder, and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you another special guest. His name is Rafael Berti, who is the founder and CEO of Paragon, which is one of the top agencies in the space when it comes to helping you manage your brand and business on Amazon. So actually I met Rafael a couple of months back now in Barcelona uh, at Amazing Days. And I was actually impressed by, you know, the, the insights and, and the strategies he brought to the table with, his, uh, with the keynote he did at the event. And that's basically, you know, what basically started this uh, partnership between both, uh, both sides. And, and, you know, for me, it's a pleasure to have you here, Rafael. And Thank yes, I want much. to welcome you to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Are you doing good? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Fantastic. I'm here in Denmark, uh, enjoying the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing summer, right? Like the, uh, the coconuts and everything. <laughs> oh, yes. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> no, you're in London, so it's not that different anyways. <laughs> I know. I know. We are almost in the same page, bro. I, I, I feel you. Uh, but yes, thank you very much for, for being here. I think, of course, something I want to use uh, a couple of minutes to... Uh, on this episode is to learn more about you as an entrepreneur because uh, I do this with all my guests and you know every single person has something to share on their journey and I feel that usually people by hearing other people's journey that's where they can connect the dots and, and really do some resemblance of where they are and where they want to go so yeah talk me a little bit about who is Rafael how you jump into the commerce business space and then how Paragon got started yeah oof how much time do we have? Like a couple of hours? I, yeah, we, we can very do a quick summary. <laughs> it's been a very, very long time. Um, okay. I'll love to just let me just give you some funny facts about me just to start. Um, sure. My first, my first contact with uh, e commerce was back when I was, I think I was uh, 18 at the time. Um, mm -hmm. and I was, I'm a drummer. <laughs> I was playing nice. in a band back then. I had a band, uh, and we used to go around and, uh, playing concerts like amateur, nothing. We're not okay. mainstream in any sorts, but, uh, we recorded a demo. Um, you know, it was just a CD. I think we had three songs and then we, as we go see, we go to other places to concerts we would exchange with the other bands because they also wanted to you know let's let's share and try to sell so we can um mm -hmm. uh, talk about our bands our music so we, we we get more people to know us and then at some point we ended up with a bunch of cds and it's like well what would we do with this <laughs> um and we had a friend who was a programmer and he said hey um you can make a website and then i can help you we put this uh the, the CDs there. So that's what we did. Very immature. I don't think it had a name on the, the website. Um, 
but it was very like uh, we took some pictures of the CD and then we put it on mm -hmm. and then people wanted the CD. They would email us and uh, they say, I want a CD to check if the stock is available. So we say yes. And then we send the by email, we send the instructions. So this is our bank account. They need to nice. make a deposit in our bank account. Uh, then send wow. a copy or fax the copy of the receipt. We we control to check the payment was actually on our bank account. Wow. Then we get a CD and then we send it to the person. The whole Whoa, process. What a, what a nightmare, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. at that time, we didn't think it was so bad. But, you know, we had no idea. Um, I didn't even know it was called e-commerce. You know? Yeah, of course. It yeah. wasn't really a thing back then. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to try to figure it out to make it easier for the customers, for the people, the fans. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and then I wanted to get some credit card payments. But then... Um, well, I'm, I'm from Brazil. I'm originally from there. And there, uh, things were very bureaucratic. And you have yeah. to open a company. You have to earn a certain amount before you could get mm -hmm. a, an approval by Visa or something like that. And I was like, I, I'm not a business person. I just, <laughs> just want to sell the CDs, you know? Um, and then my dad, actually, he came up with the idea. This was in a time where, when Napster was a big thing. And he said, why don't you sell the MP3 then? And I was like, nah, too complicated. But yeah. I was like, yeah, if I had done that, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe you would be now on the beach instead of where you are. <laughs> so um, that was our first experience. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't go too far because the guy who, you know, my friend who was in charge of sending the CDs, they made a mess. Yeah. Started sending the CDs to the wrong person or the wrong CDs to, to the customer. Mm -hmm. And then. It didn't go forward. Um, but so that, that was my first online experience of selling online. Then mm. fast, fast forward to 2008. I was living in London, actually. Okay. And nice. um, in 2008, I was working for a retailer, a uh, shoe retailer in Camden Town. Mm. Um, and we had, uh, you know, 2008 was a, a whole downturn for the economy everywhere. Um, a lot of uh, uh, shops were struggling and many shops on our uh, Camden High Street, they, they shut down and well, everywhere. Um, so it was a big crisis worldwide. And I remember my boss, he had a, uh, we had a, um, we had a, a warehouse in, the, in Camden and my boss, I overheard him complaining with the manager. They're like, Hey, we, we're not making any money. We need to shut down the, the warehouse and bring everything to the stores because it's too expensive. And, yeah. and I was thinking, well, there's no chance we, we can put all the stock in the stores because the stores are small. The, the stock was huge. So I actually said to, to the manager, I say, hey, I, I overheard the conversation. What, what if we just open a, an account on eBay? eBay was a big thing back then. And then let's open an account on eBay and we can send the shoes from the warehouse anyways. Cause I mean, we don't need anything else. We just need yeah, a computer and send stuff over there. And then he, um, he said, yeah, let, let, let me talk to, to the boss. And, uh, apparently the boss liked the idea, but it, <laughs> so they, he got like an intern to start. Yeah. The and that's basically how the, the e-commerce team started. It was this this guy uh, who had no clue what he was doing, but he started and he wow. started selling. And then more people added uh, was added to the team. And then at some point they wanted to do. Um, oh yeah, Amazon also a few months down the line. Amazon uh, 
invited them because Amazon at that time, they were opening the fashion category. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was only books, right? Amazon was, they have been, had been in the UK for a long time, but up until that time, they only sold books. So they were now open new categories. Fashion was one of them. So they invited many sellers to open up a store on Amazon and start selling. So that was the chance. That, that's when I came in. I joined the online department, as we call it. Um, yeah, yeah. I had no clue about Amazon. Had no idea. I had to learn <laughs> from scratch, like how to list a product. Uh, you know, I had no clue about the UPC numbers. I had to learn all of that. The mm-hmm. the GS one codes, the barcodes, and back then we were cheat the system many ways. A lot of people buying used barcodes. That was a huge mess. I know that, that it, thing was a mess. Man. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> But in a way, it was a lot more simple than it, than it is right now because there was no Amazon advertising. That's true. Um, so you could make a lot of sales organically. Basically, the game was who had the best price. Yeah. That was it. So uh, what we a lot of people would do, uh, and that's that was one of the, the main differences between eBay and Amazon back then. It's because mm-hmm. if you if you go on eBay, and if you type in the name of a product, let's say. Uh, a Converse uh, All-Stars Black, number, mm-hmm. I don't know, 40. Then on eBay, the, 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 the search result was going to be like, oh, oh, uh, you're going to see the same product many multiple times, but each each one of those is a different seller, right? Yeah, Amazon yeah. wanted to do it differently, so they kept like as one page for a single product and all the sellers, they had to compete for the buy box. And mm-hmm. it's almost unknown for the buyer, right? The buyer is not really seeing who, wh- who he's buying it from. He's He thinks he's buying from Amazon. That concept hasn't changed much since. Actually, Amazon has always been like that. But because there was no such thing as advertising, we wanted to get a visibility, right? So a lot of people were cheating on the barcode so they can get a different <laughs> listing. So when you type in Converse Black, yeah. then you get this multiple times and it's all different sellers. <laughs> right. Uh, and were you guys doing something now? Because it feels it's very curious for me, this, this period of the Amazon era, like... Were you guys doing something when it like external traffic or you really didn't need that? Like yes. are you doing stuff like that? Yes. Back then Amazon actually gave us access to the email address of the customers. Wow. You okay. could see it. it uh, I remember very well when Amazon decided to to uh, hash it so you don't you don't you cannot communicate with the customer. Yeah. But back then we could, so uh, we figured out that we could just, you know, uh, get their email addresses. And start you making a, an email campaign to all of these people who, who bought from us. Mm-hmm. And then we offer a discount. So the 15% that Amazon usually was charging us. I That's see. what we would do. And we grew the sales by a lot. A lot. Whoa. That's how we also launched our website back then. And then it's like we started using the... Actually, with both uh, eBay and Amazon... Mm-hmm. We started putting some products that we know were popular. We put it them. Uh, we're undercut our competitors on price, just so we could get the sales. Just so we could increase the number of people on our email list, and from our email list, we would start sending them our offers. And that's how we grew our e-commerce. That's how we we started. Very good. But then and, and- Amazon changed it, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I know that everything went very bad. I mean, in terms of for us as sellers, I remember when they started removing also, um, you know, all the things that, like, for example, last year, they started removing the, the things of, of, of the rebates and, and, and so many other changes that 
they like you cannot communicate with the sellers anymore. Like mm-hmm. um, the PPC is getting more and more expensive, and to be honest, it's getting tougher and tougher. You know, it's like yeah. every single day Amazon seems to get the customer side, which again makes sense because that's the slogan, customer first, of course. Mm-hmm. But now that um, we're opening the conversation, the conversation about all these changes that Amazon is bringing, um, basically giving to sellers. I want to ask you now. You that now working, you know, with your agency Paragon and seeing all all these uh, brands under your management, are you seeing certain trends about what is now working better than other things? And this can be in, in general, like we can talk about here about maybe at the bring external traffic, it could be an end level of PPC or e-commerce in general. In strategy, what are some of the trends you are seeing now that the Amazon is getting more and more competitive in terms of people struggling in the platform, which is reality? Yeah, yeah, there there are quite a few things, but the one that strikes me the most, also mm-hmm. given the, the 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 whole time that I've been selling on Amazon, you know, I've seen a, a big transition and a shift in the mm-hmm. way how Amazon was and how it is nowadays. And I f- personally find it almost impossible to be a reseller on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, so this would mean wholesaler, a wholesale no, no, approach, a, rese- a reseller, as in. Unless you can get a really, really good discount on okay. the product, on sourcing mm-hmm. the product, it's going to be very difficult for you to sell like some known brands, for example. Yeah. Because back then, it wasn't so difficult, right? Mm-hmm. We, back then, you could get very known brands like Nike, like Adidas, Converse, as I mentioned. We, we did that. You know, we were we were getting some, uh, some uh, high... Uh, high-end brands sometimes we know we were expensive but sometimes you know we could get because the, the my boss back then he he, he was a wholesaler so he mm-hmm. knew the market he knew where to source the products he would get it very cheap and then we would put it on amazon but uh and then the and the brands you know the whole e-commerce thing for brands and marketplaces especially it was new for the brand so they had no clue what was happening and they had no control whatsoever um so that was a uh, there, there was a time actually some of the brands approached it and they started strictly saying like we cannot uh, mm. we, we can sell it to you but we don't want you to sell on market marketplaces specifically I Amazon I, I remember uh, I don't know if it was if if it is still a, a, a known brand in the UK but it, we used to sell UGG boots you know the mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know I, they, they're probably still around um, yeah yeah. But I've seen it that often, to be honest. But yeah, I know which <laughs> one you're talking about. Yeah. There was a time. I mean, we had uh, some Christmas where they were massive stars in our sales, mm. um, and it was fantastic. But also, again, the brand was mad because they don't want anyone selling on marketplace. But what are you going to do? You know, people yeah. want the stuff. It was a, a major sales channel for for all the retailers. You can't simply go around. You know, we start doing things like. Um, you know, uh, creating a fake profile. So yeah. we, we, we had a profile, like a personal profile, but it's mm-hmm. actually a company. So nobody knows who is behind it. So they can't, yeah. the, the brand can do anything about it. But what I mean by that, uh, what back to what you were saying about the trends, I, I, mm-hmm. I think got a lot more difficult to become a reseller mm-hmm. um, and sell on Amazon because of the Amazon fees, because of the logistics. Mm-hmm. Now there are so many softwares as well that you can, you know, you can add to you to your strategy selling on Amazon as well. All of these added up to the costs. Um, so unless you can get really, uh, you know, 
very comfortable margins, it, it gets very difficult to to sell uh, on on Amazon, a uh, marketplace mm. in general. It's interesting. Whole... It's interesting that you bring this actually because, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, is is because you know you always have different versions about what is more profitable about what is not. Some people claim that the private level is the way to go. Some people claim the wholesale is the way to go. Some people claim the vendor side is the way to go. So um, it seems like from this conversation, I guess um, you have a point that maybe wholesaling is not really the way to go based on all the points you're making or reselling, right? Basically. No, wholesaling, wholesaling yes. You, you can still do, I mean, if you're doing Amazon vendor, Mm -hmm. um, Amazon vendor is really good um, mm -hmm. in terms of volume, in terms of growing the brand. Yeah. Uh, the issue is that again, most of most people they don't really understand how Amazon operates. Yes. Most of the brands don't understand that, and then they blame Amazon. So they make a contract with Amazon, and then they don't understand why Amazon is charging all their th those fees, and they're just like. Whereas my margins are eroding, what's happening? <laughs> what's all these uh, chargebacks that we're getting? Nobody told us about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, if but if you if you if you can uh, if you understand a little bit of Amazon side, you know when you when you Amazon call a sellers as uh, partners for a reason, because you yeah. are when you sell on Amazon, you're partnering with Amazon, and Amazon expects that you follow their standard. In terms of uh, how fast and how accurate you are with uh, operating your e-commerce, so that's why Amazon implemented those KPIs for you know how fast you answer your customers. Those things back when I started, most of it did not exist, or they were not that that um, relevant. I would say. I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, of course, we had those KPIs, but. It didn't really affect much, but nowadays it's a big deal if you don't reply your customers within 24 hours. It can hurt your 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 business. Also, yeah. if you take uh, seven days, a month to deliver your products, you know you have to compete with FBA now. Um, and Amazon kind of expects that you follow the same standards as FBA. You know, delivering within hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's how Amazon is, and for a vendor center, it's the same thing. So when you're delivering mm -hmm. to Amazon, you need to, you know, Amazon is very specific about mm -hmm. when you deliver and how you deliver the product, how the mm -hmm. because of how the product will be handled. Most of uh, most of what happens on the Amazon side is automated, right? People that's think right. there's someone there that is giving them the fees. Like no, it's all machines. <laughs> they don't understand. So so Amazon implement rules. So you follow those rules, and as so long as you follow and comply with Amazon is establishing for you, you're actually going to do well. So yeah. we have had cases where we we were able to reduce like significantly the chargebacks that they were having and save a lot of money just on that. Mm -hmm. So basically, recovering their margins with Amazon, and it, and it is profitable. Um, wholesaling. Um, so let me actually ask you, so for our listeners, because sometimes, you know, we also get people that are just getting started from from the very mm -hmm. beginning. Like, will you say a person starting right now with the current panorama that we know is present on in, in the ecosystem of um, basically Amazon e-commerce in general, which one will you say right now is the best approach that would be balanced between a 
I mean, nothing is easy, but a balance between easier and more accessible and, and a higher chance of success based on what you're seeing right now in the trends of Amazon. Like, which approach will you say is, is better okay. for most people? So you're basically asking what I would do if I wanted to sell it nowadays. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, right. Given my experience and everything I've seen so far, I would definitely go maybe uh, to create my own brand. Okay. Uh, private label, but I would try to focus on or try to find interesting products. And my, what I mean by interesting products that I think, well, there are certain criteria I would look for. Mm. Um, nothing too big or nothing, you know, something mm -hmm. easy to ship. Um, and um, something that I, that it's evergreen, like some evergreen products, it's, it's the best. Of course, you can get some seasonal products that you do really well like i don't know um uh like winter socks or things like that yeah. um but but i would try to focus either on a category that has uh, the category that has high demand mm -hmm. or if i want to find a product i want to i, I would try to find a product that really solves a problem and is a really good quality source uh product maybe things like uh, also uh, um, products that are in demand for, for example if you if you read around you see a lot of people are now concerned about eating healthy that's right uh, they're concerned about so we have seen the whole vitamins and supplements category like going crazy uh, and i wouldn't say that you should enter on that category specifically but look at uh, some kind of maybe complementary products to that category, uh, products that could also not necessarily as a supplement, but also, you know, it's it's bringing you the nut nutrients. So we had a case um, uh, of, um, th they were not clients, but it's just someone that we advised them and they had, mm -hmm. uh, they were really, they had healthy snacks mm -hmm. and they were doing really well. Uh, they launched that in, in Europe, but the, the, the difficulty we're having is to find where to source the product, like a good quality product, because they had certain standards. And of course, it's not something that would just go to China and, and dig from there, because China is not really a producer for, for the products that they, uh, they were looking for. Um, and then the countries that they would go to, uh, mostly in South America, uh, the producers they found, they're, they're just not big enough. And they could mm. produce large quantities. So that's one thing as well. But then, you know, one of the things that we told them, like, okay, maybe you could be a, a little bit more premium instead. So you don't have to rely so much on the quantities because your producer, you know, cannot supply you with the, the quantities you need. But you can uh, change your advertising or not your advertising, but your, your whole marketing and, and brand positioning. And, and you are selling high quality products anyway. It's all organic. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a lot of control. There's no pesticides in the products that you sell. So this is also a good thing. It's also one part of the things like I would say as well, a lot of people are concerned about selling, uh, uh, about pricing on Amazon. You know, they want mm -hmm. to go, they want, they want to have this. The cheapest. Yeah. They, they want to be the cheapest. They want to compete on the price. And I, I think this is a race to the bottom. Most wrong, of the time. Yeah. I want to say that is a wrong vision. But I think sometimes um, if you focus on the core of the, you know, the value proposition that you have for the customer, mm -hmm. uh, you can still sell at very high prices, right? Yeah. Um, just make sure that the customer understand that. Um, so we have a few cases like that as well, where we have one that I, I think I've said in every podcast I've been to, 
I really liked the story because these guys, they were in the States and they were selling, uh, they're, they're from Brazil. They're selling Brazil nuts in the, in the United States. And then they're saying, we have a problem because we're struggling on the pricing and we cannot compete with the price they have because, you know, they, our, our competitors are, are using. But we know our competitors are planting their Brazil nuts in Bolivia and importing it to the United States. As what we do, we don't plant anything. Everything is collected from nature in the Amazon from the people who live in nearby. And we actually take 10% of our proceedings to help these people. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Let me see this on your listing. It's nothing there. There's nothing on their brain, nothing. Not even their, their website, it was a little bit about it. But there was nothing anywhere on Amazon that I would, uh, as a customer, yeah. I would come and see this story about them. And say, yeah. so you have a problem. Your problem is not the price that you charge. The problem is you're trying to compete in the price when you have something way more valuable to offer. You have a story to sell. And, and I think that's, we see Amazon being every single day more and more focused on basically giving us signals that what they want you to do is to build a brand. We see how they keep releasing tools just for brands, how to keep, they keep releasing right. badges only for specific actions in terms of environmental, in terms of specific minorities, etc. And that's clearly a way of Amazon telling you, like, the way you really are going to succeed in into the marketplace and, and giving you the tools is to actually bring something unique to market, tell, tell a, a brand story, right? And only come do what most people do, that is go to Alibaba, put a, a logo on a product and call it yeah. a brand, right? Uh, that's not a brand. So, yeah, I agree. I think nowadays, the, those days of doing that are over. I think the example you gave is super... Um, super clever because I bet talking about Latin America alone that we have experience with that like there are so many unique there's there are so many unique products there so many uh, handcrafted uh, yeah. even in terms of food in terms of so many things that if you find those small communities you're going to be pretty much the only one access to that product that means you have no competition you bring something unique if you build an amazing brand story behind that, then pricing is not going to be an issue because somebody maybe in Denmark wants to pay $100 to a specific uh, almond that comes in the middle of, of nowhere in Peru. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get the idea, right? I think, yes, I agree. I think that's that's the way we should go. And, and I bet you also see that with your clients, like clients that maybe are coming from the era of only selling copy-paste products from... Alibaba, maybe you see they're struggling now, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not against the idea of sourcing from Alibaba. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe just be careful with that because there's a lot of people on Alibaba who are not the actual manufacturers. Yeah. Um, but there are still, you can still find some manufacturers, but there are few. So you need to research by quite a lot. And I also would say that there's a lot of generic products being sold there, which I don't know if there is much advantage on you just slapping your brand in it and selling on Amazon simply because there is already a winner, um, a, a, a brand that is already winning the category there, and then you're just going to sell the same. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're, if you're, it depends really what your goals are. If you plan just to make some money on the side, yeah, yeah, I think it's that's a valid idea. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, you can, you can make some money, uh, pay for your college fees or whatever it yeah. is that you want to do. That's fine, but that's not very, very difficult. It, it will be very difficult to become a sustainable brand that is going to be later on sold on retail stores and, you know, 
Mm -hmm. be a, a worldwide success or a national success is very difficult that's going to happen so if we have lots of stories of people that you know they they may have started like this like a private label but then they perfected their pro their product and yep. shifted as well depending on what what the people what the people actually want when they're looking for my kind of product what is it what are the their needs Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think when we met, uh, I mentioned the story of um, oh, I forgot the name now. Is this is the um, the guys? The guy was he was a he was from Google. He quit his his job Not and wrong. created mm -hmm. uh, Anchor. Anchor. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. He created this this brand. But one thing that Anchor is really good is they were good at listening. You know, use the feedback they were getting from customers in perfecting their products. So yeah. use that. So use the customer feedback into their product development, and I'm saying this not just for a private label, but a lot of major brands also don't don't understand this. If they incorporate the customer feedback into their their branding, like and it could be any type of product, I think they could come up with really really good products that would be very successful. And I mean, you you're getting the customer already to tell you what they need, so you just need to learn to listen. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know, I know. but the most common thing that you see is that you know sellers they just come up oh i want to sell this product i just think it's nice and i want to sell it but that's not really what people want so yeah. the journey really starts with the customer again that's that's amazon's proposition the journey started with the customer what does the customer actually want of yeah. course there are many things i would love to sell there are things that uh i already sold on amazon that is not really what i wanted I, it's not the kind of product i like but there was demand for it <laughs> I, I saw I saw those. Um, this was many years ago. I sold some of those. Um, what's it called? Those um, memory uh, sticks, you know, like the little ones for mobile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I sold a lot of those SD cards for camera. <laughs> we used those. Yeah. But then uh, the market became saturated, and nowadays it's even worse because everyone, you know, that this is exactly what happened. This category is a good example because what happened was. A lot of folks went to China, mm -hmm. found those manufacturers for SD cards and slapped their brand and they start selling the exact same product with a different brand and then competing on price. There is no product innovation. There is nothing different between it. It's just the brand. And so, that's why people struggle so much. I feel, I don't know, I think it's because of these courses and content you see out there that they make it so easy. Like, oh yes, find this product in, in TikTok. Now it's, it's hot. Yeah. Uh, you buy for two cents and you flip it for fifteen dollars, and then it's like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that's also this thing about social media, right? I've, I uh, because of the market we're in, and I'm sure you see the same thing as well. If I mm -hmm. if I go from TikTok or Instagram, I get a lot of adverts of people saying how they become millionaires, you know, yeah. seven figures, eight figures selling on Amazon, and I'm like, really. <laughs> <laughs> and the really? other thing, is, and the other thing is, they 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 usually talk about how much money, you know, how much they sold. So like, oh yeah, I, I sold eight figures, but how much of that was actually profit? And and this is the key. Like, for me, it doesn't really matter if you if if you're selling so much in on Amazon, but in the end, you have like one dollar, two dollars left in your pocket. That's What's right. the point of that? What's all the effort for? Just so you, you know, you're still poor in the end of the day. <laughs> so, That's the thing. I, I feel we get caught as well. 
in the revenue numbers, and, and I bet you see all, all, all these things all the time on the bands and all that, seven figures, eight figures and everything. And I know from a fact because I, I bet you do the same. You do a lot of audits. When you do the audits, there are seven, eight figures, but sometimes they make less money than the six-figure guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you see what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, so... Yeah, this is this. It's it's important. I mean, I, I I if it's okay if you're burning cash, but depends on what is your goal. Sometimes, uh, it it, it can't be justified if you're like just want to get more market share. If you launch mm -hmm. a new product, and so for a period you're just burning cash. Um, but but in the end, after a while, you know you cannot keep doing this forever. At some point, you will have to stop and start looking at your profits. That's and right. you you need to prioritize your profit at some point. Uh, um, so we, we we do this all the time. I mean, for for us, one of the strategies we use for launching products is yeah, we we put them very cheap or give you like a massive discount the first few days, something like that, something to grab the mm -hmm. attention, get the sales going. But this doesn't last forever. At some point, we'll stop and then we start focusing. Okay, let's nurture also the audience we already have. Can they buy something else? You know, because we're not just looking for the new people that, that is coming to the brand, but we also want to say, okay, a lot, a lot of people now they they bought into the brand, they like the product. What else can we offer to them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we have to make the whole business sustainable, and then look at new markets. You know that I, I, we had guys like they were not even profitable, like sellers making seven, eight figures as well on in the United States, and then they're like, oh, we want to sell on Europe as well. Um, because <laughs> we can't make yeah. money here, like, well, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it, it's, it's a conversation I have on a daily basis. I think, yeah, I think it's tough. I think, I mean, just to start concluding the, 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 the conversation we're having around Amazon in general, I think um, trends are shifting in the sense that what things that are working now are much more different than what they used to to work before i think people mm -hmm. have to shift the mentality that amazon um, is basically a place where you build your business uh, and and that's your whole business that's another thing that maybe we didn't touch that much but i think people need to start seeing amazon as a channel rather than uh, basically their business and this goes tied to the examples we did with the brands like for example taking a product in latin america like if you take a product from latin america i don't think it would be wise to only offer this on amazon you can have your own website your social media tiktok shop a walmart so i think yes um that's the conversation people need to start having because I think the stigma that is still attached to Amazon, that unfortunately, is what creates sometimes the negative side, is that mm -hmm. people think that Amazon is a place that you can just go on Alibaba, flip a product, and that's what they call a brand. So I think a lot of people missing that foundation of what is really a brand. And that's why when they go to Amazon, the only thing they really have to fight for is PPC. And, and we know some categories, you're paying 5 $7 per click. And what you're yeah. going to do if that's your only shot, right? So, mm. yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, this, you know? <laughs> I'm just this conversation can go a lot longer because I know. the details of this, there's I so know, much I know. more I could say about it. I know. <laughs> that's why I think for sure we need to do a second edition of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you have so, so much knowledge around this, and I think it's just an intro to about, you know, or a genuine conversation about what is going on in the e-commerce space and 
and some of your experience. I think for sure people is going to get some insights, especially those getting started and take this and put it into their books. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, for sure, I want to thank you for, for being on the show. And by the way, before we end the show, I know you also uh, support Amazon sellers. So I want you to please tell us in summary a little bit what you guys do, how people can get, reach out to you. And if they have any questions about this, how they can find you, yeah? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, very Probably. pleased to be able to, to have a very quick chat with you. <laughs> uh, I hope this was useful for everyone watching us. Uh, Paragon is based in Denmark, but our team is international. We work remotely, pretty much all of us. I'm the only mm -hmm. guy here in Denmark. Everybody else, it's in, in the beach. <laughs> yeah, like some of them are actually. They, they, they work from everywhere, and that's the beauty of it. I like it. I, I I can't imagine myself having like a lot of people around me. I'm I'm an introverted guy, believe it or not. So, mm. um, but that's how it is. And we've been serving customers here in Europe, uh, US, and we also open an office in Brazil, which where we're mm. starting to pick up really well now. Um, but the reason for Brazil is mostly because uh, uh, there, there's a lot of Brazilian customers who are wanting to sell in the U.S. So they I came know. to us and then later they realized, hey, we also want to do Brazil. Can you also do Brazil for us? Like, yeah, no mm -hmm. problem. Um, so we do have, uh, we, we are an Amazon partner agency uh, and we develop very good relationship with Amazon here in Europe and in Brazil as well. We actually provide work to Amazon in Brazil. Um and so, yeah, so if anyone wants to reach out to us, um, mm -hmm. come to book an appointment on our nice. website. Uh, can also send me an email if they want to chat about anything specific. My email address is rafael at paragonagency.com. And you can also hook, hook up with me on uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm always available. Awesome. I'm making sure to put a note here about all this so a team can put it in the description. But yes, guys, if you have any questions, feel free uh, to reach out to Rafael. He has a lot of knowledge uh, in this space, especially if you are a Latin American listener, you want to expand, you already know he has some case studies that the American help it. <laughs> yes, uh, but yes, <laughs> thank you, Rafael. And looking forward to see you soon, most likely at some of the upcoming events. Yeah. Yo, that's for sure. Thank you very much, Vincenzo. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.